Welcome to Biohacking Her Way, where each week we'll dive deep into the world of biohacking, exploring cutting-edge strategies, expert insights, and practical tips to help you optimize your health, balance your hormones, and unleash your true potential. My name is Abby, and I am your host, so let's dive in. Before we dive in today's episode, it would be selfish of me to not tell you about this free masterclass that I have for you. I'm going to be sharing the raw truth behind my personal struggle with hormonal imbalances and also reveal the exact roadmap that propelled me to conquering my debilitating symptoms, such as relentless fatigue, where I just could not feel awake. I just felt so drained having those roller coaster mood swings. Sorry, babe. That irregular cycle where you just have those really nasty, painful cramps. And let's not forget that stubborn weight gain that I have mentioned so many times. And so in this masterclass, I'm going to be teaching you how to master your hormones, effortlessly lose that stubborn weight, cycle sync like a badass to overcome burnout, and finally create the lifestyle changes that will last long term. And we're going to be addressing the root causes of your struggles while also providing you with sustainable life-changing results and finally give you the solution you've been looking for. So make sure to check that out in the show notes and you can thank me later. All right, let's dive in today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Biohacking Her Way. We have another guest on today. We have Becky. She is with Breath and Blossom. Becky is a women's health and lifestyle coach and a registered counselor supporting women to transition into and also thrive in the second half of their lives. Becky is passionate in her belief that the experience of perimenopause and menopause does not have to rule your life. And with holistic support in place, you can move through this time of change and transition to find an even more purpose, passion, and power. Using her signature framework of wellness, mindset, and meaning, Becky helps her clients restore the vitality, discover their passion of life, and redefine their sense of self. Becky, I'm so excited to have you on today. Thanks for being here with us. Oh, thank you so much, Abby, um, for this opportunity because um, obviously women's health and um, moving into the second half of, of um, your life is something that I'm incredibly passionate about, supporting women through in a way that is really fun and empowering. Yeah, absolutely. And I personally feel there's, I mean, we're just coming out with so much information about women's health as it is with it being delayed behind men's for 40 to 50 years. So I think the more uh, information that there is, especially for that perimenopause and menopausal phase is so, so important because I feel that not enough women have access to all that information either. Well, absolutely. And it's just, it's not something that's taught, unfortunately. So, so many people are women, uh, quite blindsided by you know some of the early um, perimenopause symptoms they can experience they you know it's it's such a you know we're not we kind of think that menopause is something that happens way 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 down the track and it happens very quick like we don't we just don't even have the knowledge to to understand that perimenopause can last for 20 years women you know as early as their early 30s can start experiencing some symptoms um that 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 go along with that perimenopause and the hormonal fluctuations that start can start so 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 much earlier than anyone you know is necessarily even on the radar Wow. I guess I didn't even realize how early it can start. Like your early 30s is wild. And I think that you can be in that phase for up to 20 years. 
So for someone, because a lot of my audience too is in between the ages of 30 to 35. So for those women who might be experiencing some symptoms but have no idea, can you inform them of some of the symptoms that may be coming up? So it kind of helps them also realize like, hey, what you're going through is completely normal. Yeah, absolutely. But but I would also say like a little bit of a disclaimer because so many of the symptoms that are classically associated with hormone fluctuations or um, imbalances um, can also be attributed to many other things. You know, we're all, we're, you know, women um, traditionally are very busy. We wear many, many hats. So, so a lot of the symptoms, you know, such as moodiness, mood swings, um, you know, fatigue, achy joints, um, obviously extremely heavy or missing periods, so cycle irregular irregularities, um, you know, all these can so many of the symptoms and this is where it gets quite tricky Abby is that they can be attributed to other things as well so they can be quite easily dismissed as oh that's just you know a thing like um and I think that's where it can get quite tricky Mm. Mm. and and perimenopause is generally not the first thing that pops into a 32 year old woman's mind when she starts to experience some of these symptoms right I definitely wouldn't have thought of that too I mean like you've mentioned um you know, I, I've thought maybe it would happen, start to happen like your forties or your fifties. So to hear that it happens in your early thirties and I'm late twenties and I've got friends in their early thirties. So it's just, it's wild to hear. And this information is definitely going to be helpful for them in their journey. If they might be experiencing anything. Yeah, absolutely. And that being said, it's not necessarily common that it, that it, that it starts so early, but it most definitely can. Mm. So if it's not super common, what is typically the factors of the reason why it would start earlier versus maybe later, like in your 40s, for instance? Like there is, again, there are so many um, factors that complain. Genetics is quite a big one. So if you, you know, if you're in the fortunate position to still have your mum or, or aunties or, you know, other female relatives in your life, um, then sometimes it's if, if you if you're wondering whether that might be what's going on it's good to know like a bit of your his, you know biological history in relation to that um, but there can be so many you know environmental factors um, you know all of the lifestyle factors can come into play there as well and and sometimes it's just not no particular reason it's just that's just the way of it, it just happens wow yeah so- yeah if someone's perimenopause, would that also, so, cause I feel like we're noticing a shift as well at the time that women are having babies. Like I don't have babies yet. I'm 27. Um, I don't sure. plan on have a baby until I'm like 30. So sure. if someone is experiencing maybe pre- perimenopause in their early thirties or mid to late thirties, could this hinder, um, them, their ability to have a baby? Oh, no doubt whatsoever. For mm. sure, because, you know, because it's all of those hormones. So what happens in perimenopause is that your, you know, your estrogen and, and your progesterone in particular start to drop off. Your body is no longer um, producing them in, in the quantities that, you know, are optimal for having babies and for falling pregnant. Um, so, yeah, absolutely can change. That can impact if, if that is what's going on for someone who is having you know, so perhaps some issues conceiving or whatever, um, that getting those hormone levels checked would be, you know, your number one step. Mm, absolutely. And so if you're perimenopausal, then I guess if one, the hormones being checked, but is two, is this meaning that you're not ovulating properly as well since the hormones are out of balance? 
Absolutely, yes, indeed. So the um, all of the hormones that contribute to that egg dropping, um, you know, uh, the levels aren't, aren't quite right. Or, or, or they'll be, it's not even that they're not bright, they're just irregular. So they're just, you know, they might be great one month, but then non-existent the next month, for example. Gotcha. Well, you work a lot yeah. too with essential oils and helping women through this experience with essential oils. So could you provide an overview of how essential oils can be beneficial for women's health, especially those who are experiencing the perimenopause or menopause? Absolutely. And what, what I love about essential oils, Abby, is that they actually work on every single level of, um, of our lives. So, so they're beneficial um, because, you know, they, they work on our, you know, our physical health, our mental health and well-being, our feelings of, you know, calm, um, you know, our whole, they are just so, so powerful and such an incredible, yeah, powerhouse of, of, of goodness in, in every essential oil bottle. And I just love sharing them um, and sharing the numerous ways that they can incorporate, you can incorporate them into your wellness. Um, and I think, you know, it also goes beyond just the actual actual benefit or therapeutic benefit of the oils because the joy that they bring or they drink to me anyway um you know it's just they're just like honestly magic magic um mm -hmm. so yeah definitely so for physical symptoms um there are a number of oils that help particularly in relation to hormonal um balancing um, but then also, you know, you look at the stress and the mood and, you know, um, yeah, mood, yeah. The mindset, all of that stuff. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, two for essential oils, because I feel like we've also seen essential oils kind of being on the rise, whether it's the diffusers or using essential oils on your skin for relaxation purposes. For someone who maybe they know, like they've heard about essential oils and their magic, but they don't quite understand what an essential oil is. Can you describe that for our audience? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So essential oils are derived from plants um, and they're kind of, they're the essence really, Abby, of the plant material. So um, there's flowers, leaves, stems and roots. So different oils come from different parts of the plants and then they usually undergo a process called steam distillation, um, which then basically uh, draws out the actual essence of the plant um, and then you, you're left with the potent essential oil. So it comes it comes from plants and it's incredibly concentrated and powerful and potent. Mm. I'm a big fan of like a lavender eucalyptus essential oil. I love putting it like on my yeah. wrist, especially when I'm feeling really stressed out. To kind of help yes. impress, especially at the end of the day, there's just something really, mm. really nice about that where I'm just like, oh, yes, it just it gets the mind stimulated in such a, I guess not even mind stimulated. It's more of the opposite. It like destimulates my mind because I have a very like go, yeah. go, go mindset of just like constantly like moving. It's like a, a mouse on a hamster wheel or a hamster on a hamster wheel, just like going, going, <laughs> going. And so those essential oils just kind of allow that mouse or that my hamster to kind of be like, all right, I guess we're going to like take a little nap now. Like this feels nice. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's so true. And they can be used um, if exactly for that purpose. And, you know, you start to, when you, you, this, 
your olfactory system or your sense of smell is so incredibly powerful and so that very soon you know after having that that waft of essential oil your brain starts to go oh I know what this means. This means um, it's time to relax now. So your lavender would be well, something that you'd use definitely for calming. You know, your citrus oils you might use sort of earlier in the morning, so they're a lot very uplifting. And if you're, you know, if you're feeling a bit glum or, you know, you're a bit flat, um, you know, always citrus oils, lemon, orange, mandarin, you know, grapefruit, they're all such beautiful, beautiful oils to lift your mood. Um, and they just feel so, so good when you're diffusing them or, applying them topically you know again there are so many different ways that you can incorporate I said the, the goodness of essential oils into your life mm, yeah I, and too when I think of essential oils I think back to probably like the 1800s when they did this of like the witch's brew they'd make like little tonics and whatnot and <laughs> it's not even like witch stuff it's literally plants from the earth uh, that they're just making mixtures out of and tinctures out of. Uh, I don't know why every time I think of essential oils, I think of like witches in the 1800s making their little herb <laughs> concoctions. <laughs> and there is nothing wrong with that. And are you, I mean, it's quite a good point because essential oils have been around for millennia. You know, I mean, there's, there's um, you know, you think back to the bubonic plague and, and, and the healers were the ones that didn't get sick with the plague. And the reason they didn't get sick is because they understood, you know, the, um, uh, the what do you call it, antiseptic and antibacterial and antiviral qualities of essential oils. So, you know, the, the properties in the actual essential oils are so beneficial for health. And, you know, even before the plague, you know, you look back at some of the, the tombs they found, you know, um, tra not traces of essential oils, but evidence of, um, as, you know, that kind of thing in wrapped up in your know, mummies and stuff like that. Mm. So how exactly do essential oils address these things, whether it's, you know, modern day, the hormonal changes, mood swings, or even back then when it came to viruses, how, how exactly does that work that an essential oil can support you in this? So the essential oils have like they're they're chemical, obviously a natural chemical that components that make up the essential oils. And different essential oils have different chemical components. And I don't want to get into like too much detail because different chemical components are present in different levels in different essential oils. But basically, it's the chemical components in the essential oil which gives it its, its you know its powerhouse punch in terms of whatever those. Um, therapeutic benefits are whether they're antiviral antibacterial whether they're uplifting whether they're relaxing so whatever particular therapeutic benefit that you are looking for there are different essential oils that can address and support you um, in that in that um, particular area does, it, mm -hmm. does that answer the question abby it does it absolutely does and so let's say someone you know, maybe they're just feeling really overwhelmed with life. Maybe they're a, a mom or they just have a really demanding job or maybe they're not happy in their partnership or they're just stressed out with like so many different factors of life, right? What yes. is an essential oil you'd probably recommend for that person? Because I feel like there's a, a very high rate of women that are extremely stressed out right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. First thing, and I would always go to lavender number one because that is just, it's just the absolute, it's an all-rounder, much like frankincense, Abby. Lavender and frankincense really are king and queen of essential oils because they both on their own and um, and blended with other, other oils have such, such wide, 
wide-ranging benefits. And the beautiful and magical, extra magical thing about frankincense oil is that it actually acts as a magnifier. So if you blend frankincense with any other essential oil, it actually magnifies the therapeutic benefit of that particular oil that it's being mixed with, which I just find absolutely uh, that just blows my mind. I love that fact so much. Um, <laughs> but, but, getting, <laughs> but getting back to particular oils, I would always, yes, go with uh, lavender, um, bergamot, chamomile um, for stress. Um, they, they'd be probably the main ones, um, particularly for stress. The other thing to know is particularly um helpful I think Abby in relation to when incorporating them into your lives is you can actually purchase um blends that have that you know that that, that can be called stress blend so and it will have those oils in it but you don't necessarily have to do the, the leg work or the brain work to, to work out unless you particularly want to but I would so there that that kind of leads me into a really something that I do is very important is the quality of essential oils. They must to, to get any kind of therapeutic benefit. Um, and when I say therapeutic benefit, I mean any kind of help or you know that kind of thing and its support. Um, it's crucial that they are hundred um, percent pure. So you must get them from a reputable supplier. They must, you know, you need to understand reading the labels, make sure they're not diluted or, um, you know, they haven't been sort of, yeah, there's nothing else other than pure essential oils. The label should always have its common name and also it's, you know, Latin, like it's um, botanical name. Um, so those are some things to look at uh, when, you purchase, when you're looking to purchase essential oils. It's you don't get a fragrance oil because fragrance is a whole, you know, that's a whole world of, um, yeah, not goodness there. Terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Yes. <laughs> that's a hormone disruptor in a bottle right there if it has fragrance. Oh, it? <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> Yeah. And so if someone is looking to buy essential oils, what, um, other than the fact of making sure it just is fully that there's not diluted with, diluted with anything else, what would potentially be a red flag that someone would see on a bottle or a green flag that someone would see on a bottle? Well, I think that you've always, price would be number one, um, because if it seems like if you, if you're looking at, if you're going to purchase an oil, essential oil, if you're like, yes, I listened to, to that podcast interview and I'm, I'm going to get my lavender oil, um, you need to look do a comparison with price. So if something is incredibly cheap, then regardless of what the label says, because we all know that labelling, uh, you know, there are some workarounds in terms of labelling if, if, if you don't know necessarily. Um, so I would say price point. Because mm. essential essential oils should have a different price. So a lavender should be less expensive than um, something like, well, I'll go and, I'm going to go rose because that's the one that popped into my head right off because I know rose is so incredibly expensive. Because, and the reason for that is because um, oils are made, so a citrus oil is going to be at a, at a really reasonable price point because of, um, you know, the fact that the, the way they create the oil basically um, and, and the quantity of essence that it takes to 
oh, it's about harvest and yield. Anyway, I'm not going to, don't worry about that. But the point is <laughs> a, a red flag would be if it's incredibly cheap. And that's not to say that essential oils aren't necessarily expensive, but it's about weighing up the benefit um, of, yeah, so so price point, um, where, where the oil is like, like if it's in a, uh, I don't know, like a for us it would be if it's in a Kmart or a, um, a a discount store, I could guarantee you you're not getting it. You're not getting a pure essential oil there, it, regardless of what label says. I believe that. <laughs> does that, yeah. does that make it's sense? Like a, so yeah, it makes me think of like a TJ. We have a TJ Maxx here in the states. Um, I don't know if you'll yeah. have that over there, but no. every time I go into like TJ Maxx or Marshalls or Home Goods, which are like the big stores yeah. here for discount stores. Shh. Um, they have all of those like beauty products and they're much cheaper and majority of the time they're expired and people don't realize that. So, but they're like, Oh, I'm getting such a deal on this thing. And it's so cheap. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, there's, it's so bad for you. Just don't buy it. (laughs) Spend a little bit more. You'll be so happy you did. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. That's it. And that's exactly right. So look at, um, look at where you're purchasing from. That's probably one of the big things there. You know, get it, make sure you're getting it from a reputable supplier, not from a discount store. Yeah. And so if someone's experiencing uh, perimenopausal or menopausal symptoms, what would be some essential oils that you would recommend for them? Um, yes. Yeah. So one of the powerhouse and big hitters in, in terms of hormonal support, and that's for right, like all the way through your, your um your, your cycle as a woman, like, like right from season, I should say, season of life. So right from period at period pain right through to perimenopause and menopause. Clary Sage is one of the number one um, beautiful, beautiful essential oils that supports all things hormones, all things mm-hmm. hormones. Um, so Clary Sage, um, geranium is another great one um, and it smells beautiful as well. Um, what else? I mean, peppermint. In, so going now to, yep, going now to the perimenopause in particular, peppermint is an amazing one for hot flushes. Um, so that symptoms like that. And again, we, we come with lavender, which will, you know, I think lavender is always going to be in, in pretty much <laughs> because it is just one of those versatile oils that lends itself to every single area of support. Hey, lavender is my favorite. So if anyone would ever ask me, I'd be like, just go lavender. You won't go wrong. A hundred. That is so, so true. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Lavender lavender is amazing. Um, it's funny. I have this one person I, I spoke to because I actually do um, essential oil. Um, I create essential oil candles. Oh, and um, so yeah, so I have a whole range of essential oil candles for that very reason we touched on briefly before because I know and I've educated myself around the absolute horror show that is fragrance, you know, um, synthetic fragrance, which is you know, in pretty much the majority of candles you buy from any store, even really Mm. expensive ones, they're scented with (laughs) yes, so sad synthetic fragrance. So, so that's so. Make creating beautiful essential oil candles is something I love to do, and I also run. Um, this I'm getting off track a bit here, but I also oh, that's run, okay. Uh, you're you're doing great. <laughs> I think this is also a important also, conversation for people to understand too is how crappy most of the candles are that are in stores. 
Oh, absolutely. And like I said, I could, you know, I could talk. And I, obviously you're, you're very aware of the dangers and the endo, endocrine dis disrupting um, factors that present in fragrances and how pervasive every every like how pervasive the products that contain fragrance are in our homes and and people just don't have no idea no idea of, of what chemical i don't know if it, chemical i was gonna say shit strong but i don't know if i can swear on the podcast oh you can swear on this you've listened to my episode you know i drop the f-bomb pretty frequently yeah that's true <laughs> you're good <laughs> <laughs> anyway um i was going to say that i do um i have wonderful workshops where um we get participants together and, and we create candles um and then i do an education session on you know why synthetic fragrance basically is so evil and and how to you know and how to take small steps um to to eliminate as much as possible um synthetic fragrance in your home and and i and i have one particular participant who's been amazing and she's come to every single workshop because she just loves it so much but she doesn't like lavender oil and i think she's the only person Ooh. i've ever come i oh know right? what i don't think i've ever met anyone who doesn't like lavender that's like uh, the universal fragrance that people uh, not synthetic fragrance uh, but smell that people love Absolutely. She's so she's the only one. So I always have to come up with some creative alternatives to lavender that she go, Oh yeah, I like that. <laughs> wow. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, uh, I can yeah, imagine yeah. not liking lavender. <laughs> no, I me mean, neither. <laughs> so with these workshops, do you do these in person or you do them online as well? So anyone around the world could join? I, I actually, it was one thing that I started to do in person and I have taken a year off. I have considered, I've done one online for a particular, for a person who wasn't able to, to come in person. Um, but it's something that Abby very much is on my to-do list, about, you know, in terms of perhaps doing one over Zoom, because it's definitely possible to, to do, do it that way. And it's lots of fun. Absolutely. Yeah, just giving them a list of things to get ahead of time. Because, yeah. I mean, there is um, over here in America, too, we have this joke of the American diet is just made to keep you fat, sick and broke. Um, so you can only yes. imagine that all the other <laughs> products that are sold here in America are also made to keep you fat, sick and broke. Uh, candles being mm. one of them. So if that mm. is something that you offered online, I know that my audience would absolutely run after that. So um, yeah, right. yeah, that the fact that's on your to do list is like chef's kiss. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I will absolutely. Um, I will let you know when when I've got that all to, together. How does that sound? That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And then I guess uh, I'll, I'm curious too in regards to um, essential oils. Is there anything or any reason why women should be worried about using them, or like any guidelines essentially of something that just in case they don't mess it up and maybe make things worse? Yeah, I, I think um, as with anything that you're incorporating into your your health and well-being um, routine, I think with essential oils, like as I mentioned at the top of the um, interview, they're incredibly potent. So dilution and, and correct dilution is really important. Um, and there are plenty of, you know, quite helpful dilution ratios and guides that you can find online. It's, but always starting with less drops if you are, you know, like 
it's, it's more probably in relation to the topical application where you need to make sure that you're using an appropriate carrier oil. So you generally, there are only a few oils, um, Abby, that are safe to put on, apply to your skin, which is what we call topical mm-hmm. application, neat. So you lavender being one. Um, so if you have a burn, a scratch, um, you know, a cut, lavender is has all of those wonderful antibacterials, antiseptic qualities. So lavender is safe to put on your skin neat, uh, as is tea tree is another one that's safe to go on, which also has those those um, properties. Mm-hmm. Um, but anything for anything else, you always want to be looking to dilute it with what a carrier oil so a carrier oil can be something simple and really quite inexpensive like a fractionated coconut oil which is just a liquid coconut oil um which and because a liquid coconut oil has absolutely no scent you're still going to get all of those beautiful you know the smells of your essential oil so dilution um and application um start small like a, a patch test is always a good idea as well because some people um, are just a little bit more sensitive to anything in life you know in life um mm-hmm. so always if you if you're looking to apply topically make sure you've got a carrier oil and, and start small mm. so um, if someone I, I think that's yeah so if, let's say they have um maybe an essential oil that can't be really applied topical what would be the best way to maybe it's a, a i'm trying to think of the best way to frame this question so What's another way to use essential oils other than maybe a diffuser or topical, I guess, is really my question. Well, um, yeah, sure. So those are diffuser and topically are definitely the most common ways to, uh, yeah, most common and easiest. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can do, you know, but for example, with your, I mean, I particularly love Bedova, um for for sleep support yeah um but if you didn't if you didn't have a diffuser or your diffuser broke or whatever whatever and so we're not looking at at diffusing it you can apply it to um, a handkerchief or your pillowcase or um something like a a heat do you have those heat bags that you heat up heat up um Mm -hmm. Yeah, wheat, yeah, a wheat bag. So any of yeah. the essential oils that, yeah, any of the essential oils that we talked about um, for, cr- you know, cramping, relief, anything like that can be applied to your heat bag if you put it on the, put it on your tummy or wherever you want. Well, not your tummy, but you, you can put it across your shoulders or whatever. So um, yeah. you can always pop essential oils onto something that is in your space okay. if you didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it works exactly the same. Yep. Beautiful. Easy enough. Yeah. I was yeah, just thinking yeah. of that one person who's like, I just don't want to buy a diffuser, but I want to use essential oils, but I'm not supposed to put on my skin. Yeah. So I'm just not going to do it at all. So I try to think of those yeah. situations as well for the person who's going to find an excuse to make anyways, to be able to sure. call out the excuse and be like, no, 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 here's another way that you can use it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I paint, like, yeah, drop it onto, you know, a tissue, a hanky, um, anything like that. In, you know, you could put it in, you could just, you could even just put it in um, like a little bowl, like, you know, sort of just a few drops on your, like, in your workspace, something like that um, would work quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so something else that's coming in. Um... I have a lot of friends who have been pregnant or are pregnant, um, like the last friends that have babies over here, which is perfectly okay. That's how I like it. But a lot of them have struggled <laughs> with postpartum issues, whether it's yeah. mental health yeah. or their hormones are just been super out of whack and they've been struggling to get them back in balance. 
So for someone who is struggling with postpartum or just, you know, just had a baby and going through postpartum, what is maybe an essential oil that they could use to support them in that journey? Well, I would say it would depend on what their particular challenge is in relation mm-hmm. to postpartum. And actually, I just that was a really um, something you made something you said there made me kind of back up. Also, there are some essential oils that you definitely don't, you know, you want to avoid if you are in your early stages of pregnancy. Um, so it's always a really good idea to to educate yourself around that. Um, rosemary is one that traditionally is to be avoided in your early stages of pregnancy. Um, but ha- having said that, once you're through and Bubs is here, rosemary is an amazing oil for concentration and uplifting and focusing and all of that. Um, so that's always being a bit mindful of that too. Um, but So just getting to postpartum, it would depend on what aspect of a postpartum that they are struggling with. If it's their mood, then you would look at those citrus oils um, to uplift, you know, if they're feeling the, what the postpartum kind of blues or down or flat, um, we'd look at that. If it's the hormones, again, we'd be going back to those powerhouses of hormonal support being your clarisage and your geranium um, and your frankincense, um, Abby. Is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super helpful Um, because I get asked all the time from my friends who um, are pregnant or going through postpartum and in regards of, you know, how to hack to have healthy hormones again. And that's just a personally a different journey that I've not quite experienced yet. So I kind of give them like a very generalized advice of like, here's what I personally would do. But, you know, going through postpartum, it's it's a whole nother ballgame for your body. I mean, you're just you're experiencing a whole new body in a new way. And I feel like that's mm. potentially what's happening with perimenopause and menopause as well Is now you're getting to experience your body in a third and fourth way. If you had babies as well. I mean, I feel like yes. even our bodies maybe go through like five different stages, maybe even six, if you think about it. So yeah. like teenage or being a young woman to a teenager, um, maybe you're on birth control, getting off birth control to being, mm. on, being on birth control to off birth control is a totally different woman. Now you've got to deal mm. like now you get pregnant and now you have a whole new body. That's like a whole new level of womanhood and a whole new body than perimenopause yeah. and menopause. The yeah. woman, yeah. It, it can get kind of exhausting if you think about it in that way, or oh. I feel like you can frame it in such like a, you get to experience your body and all these different transformations where men just kind of get their body. They become yeah. men and that's about it. <laughs> Maybe they have some things that they deal with later on in life, but like, I think that's a really cool part about being a woman too, is that we actually get to experience new sides to ourselves that we uh, wouldn't get to experience I, if we were a man. You're, you're so, so right. And it is incredible. Like, I mean, what a miracle, honestly. Um, but uh, there can also be some, um, you know, some challenges which it, with each of those stages, I guess. It's, it's really good to um, acknowledge them. Um, but that's definitely something that I do in supporting women to actually reframe that that kind of perimenopause and menopause experience to something that is really um, empowering and to be celebrated. Like, well, here we are, you know, in that the second half of our lives, which, you know, obviously, not obviously, but some people don't get to 
you know, don't get to experience that kind of crone, yeah, crone or wise woman period. Um, so we're so, so lucky that we're, that we're here. But in a society that, you know, kind of values youth or places higher value on youth and beauty over wisdom and experience, you know, the mindset stuff that can come up for women who are kind of 45 and over, um, or particularly I kind of support women probably more into their 50s, but, um, you know, that mindset stuff and the whole self-image and all of the challenges that could come along with the changes in our body that, all actually all of those stages that you just went through before changes our body and our mind and the essence of who we are to some point definitely or how we see ourselves yeah I'm mm. feeling optimistic um in regards to the aging I'm feeling optimistic in the sense that I think more women I still think we have a long way to go but I think in this could also just be the jar that I'm seeing in and that I'm surrounded by um, versus from a wide perspective. But I feel like I'm noticing more women celebrating getting older and leaning away from some of the Botox and the fillers and kind of leaning more towards the natural ways and just seeing the beauty that there is in aging. And that gives me hope as the generations continue to go that we once again look at aging as such a beautiful and graceful thing that, as you mentioned, comes with so much wisdom. I think I would never want to be, you know, in my teens again or even early 20s because I just I didn't have the wisdom that I have now. And, you know, most people are scared to turn 30 and 40. And I'm just like, while I'm not rushing it, there is a layer of excitement for what comes with that, knowing that there's just going to be so much more wisdom behind that as well. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think you're right. Uh, there, there does seem to be some more um, kind of, you know, uh, prominent older women who are kind of turning that, that celebrating, being, you know, getting out older and everything that comes with it and turning away from hiding or or cosmetic, um, yeah, cosmetic surgery or whatever, or procedures. Yep. So, and, but I, like you said, I think it's also, you know, who you surround yourself, your own community. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, so, so I think that's, that's part of it too. But I hope, I, I really hope you're right. And I, and I do feel um, a bit positive myself in relation to that. Yes, yeah, certainly. Yeah. Well, and with the women that you work with and when they're going through perimenopause and menopause, I know you mentioned you work a lot with their mindset too. So maybe to someone who's mm. listening to this, what's one piece of advice in regards of the mindset of this part of their journey that you would support them in to feeling more confident about this next transformation versus looking at it as almost like a doomsday? Well, I think that what well, I think one of the really powerful um, mindset pieces is uh, really reflecting on and um, under, sort of understanding at a really deep level that the the wisdom and and the perspective that we get in the second half of our lives is you know we we're in a position now where we just genuinely care less about what others think. And I think really owning that and stepping into that that knowledge and and, and mindset is so so powerful. 
it doesn't, you know, and I think that when you're, when you're younger, I think that, um, yeah, other people's opinions is so key and so crucial to, to how you feel about yourself oftentimes. Um, but I think that one of the, the joyous things about get, reaching that second half of your life is that you're actually able to understand deep within that other people's opinions uh, and, and don't matter. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I've noticed that even within myself over the last 10 years of just not caring as much of what people think because I heard a quote one time and the quote is, you're either going to disappoint yourself or you're going to disappoint someone else. And when Mm. you can learn to only worry about disappointing yourself or someone else, that's when you learn to stop caring what others think. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. One of the things that I often say, because obviously I'm a, a counsellor as well, one of the things I often encourage clients to reflect on is what other people think about about you is none of your business. Right. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I love so, that I mean, too. I think, you know, it's not to, not to say that you just go and do whatever you want, you know, regardless <laughs> of what anyone else thinks. That's not what I'm saying at all. I think it's really like you said, it's about staying true to yourself and um, putting your own needs kind of, you know, it, it, and desires um, ahead of what some someone might think or judge. Mm, absolutely. And I guess I'm curious too, in, in your experience of working with these women, have you, do you feel that as we get older, we get more connected to the wisdom and to being in tune with our body? I think so. It's definitely something that um, I encourage to sort of tap into that that intuition that we all have within us. And a lot of people will start by saying, oh, no, I don't have, I'm not intuitive or I don't really even understand what intuition is. Um, but once you sort of work work with them for a bit longer, you know, you, you actually they can find little moments when they, they made particular choices or decisions or thought in a certain way and, and that stems from their intuition. So, yes, I think we... We get better at, um, and part of that I think, Abby, is that hopefully we are choosing to to have some space. You know, and for me, um, I you know support like my my children have grown and left home, so there's a lot of spaciousness in the. I'm 51 now. Um, in it now in my in my world, there's a lot of spaciousness. So I think we we could ta- you know we we get that, yeah that 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 top, that luxury of tuning in and listening a bit more because we're you know. Um, everything's gone a bit quieter. The, the frenetic frenetic pace of when you've got, you know, you're in that season of life where you've got young children and you're working perhaps as well um, or, or whatever, you know, that's a, that's incredibly busy, frantic time. And so to say to someone, um, take time for yourself um, can, be a, can be a little bit difficult for them to hear and take on board, which is why, you know, messaging is always so important. Mm. Absolutely. And I, I think that's a, a big reason too why I've decided to continue waiting to, to have children. Um, mm-hmm. Because once you have children, that is a big responsibility and commitment. And kind of like you said, you're taking time and space for yourself once you're a mother and a parent often becomes very difficult. 
And my mom was very young when she had me. And so she, she's mm. now, I think she's going to be 45. It is in October. So she's quite mm. young. Um, but it's so funny to see, cause now she is, has this empty nest. Um, all my younger step siblings have grown up. They're out of the house and she's finally mm. experiencing this space for the first time in her life. And yes. so it's really beautiful to watch her journey, but it also I makes me that. really grateful that I did feel the importance for myself to not rush to have children and to wait yeah. till I was 30 or maybe early thirties, whenever that, whenever I feel like yep. that's, this is the time. The, yeah. It's yeah. Given me such an opportunity to really get to know who I am and also learn mm. like what, what this intuition even means and how powerful it can be. So hopefully when that time comes, when I am a mother, I'm still able to connect to that and taking that space won't need to feel as spacious because I've already given myself so much space to just yes. be myself, to heal, to grow, and just learn about the innate wisdom that the woman's body does have. Yeah, absolutely. I love all of that. Um, I think that's fabulous. And I and I think that, you know, I guess you either get the space earlier in your life or you get it later <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um and there are so you know there are so many magical things about about both uh, both choice you know both choices I think that's absolutely. that's the absolute yeah 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 definitely <laughs> yeah I think um I, I love the two it's like either you have it early on or you have it later on whichever one is going to be it's still going to be beautiful no matter what and I'm a firm believer that the journey you're on is the exact journey you're supposed to be on. You're never late. You're always on time. Um, yes. So whether someone was an early mom or they're a later mom, it's that was that's the space that you're meant to have in this journey to learn, to grow, and to get to know yourself. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I love that. Mm. Well, Becky, I'm curious to kind of wrap up the episode. If you could leave the audience, especially those who are experiencing that perimenopause or menopause experience in their life right now on that journey, what is one piece of advice that you would give them that could really empower them in this journey? I would say don't put up with the symptoms. If you are experiencing symptoms that are distressing on any level, please, please go and get get a pan, get your hormone panels checked. Um, and I, I would also firmly encourage you to consider not just mainstream Western doctors. I would highly encourage, and I'm sure your listeners will be completely on board. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, would, I, I think at this yeah. point they've, they've kind of heard me say, don't listen to the BS enough <laughs> that they're like, all right, we yeah. get it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So, you know, consulting a functional medical doctor, a function, yeah, functional medicine doctor or a naturopath um, or someone like that who specializes in hormone support. Um, that's where I would, that's where I would go. But definitely don't put up with it and don't dismiss it either. You know, like we, we there are there are some things that we can't necessarily, um, you know, the, some discomforts uh, in life that we can't do anything about that we need to to just tolerate. Um, but the symptoms that go along with perimenopause are certainly not one of them. Mm, I love that. Just being an advocate for yourself and not allowing the mainstream bullshit to to make you think that you're fine and you're normal, even though you don't feel fine and normal. 
Oh, so, so key. Absolutely. And that's where that intuition comes into it. If something feels off, listen to your body. If it doesn't feel right, go and get some support with it. You know, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, asking for help or going and getting something checked out. If it does turn out to be nothing, which is probably not, if you listen to your gut and something tells you something's off, something's off. Yeah. So <laughs> I think you're, yeah. Yeah, advocating for yourself um, and using your voice there and not not being shut down. Yes, absolutely. And Becky, where can people find you? How can they connect with you? Well, I um, I, I am on Instagram as and I'm under Breathe and Blossom, so it's Breathe. You'll, you'll link the you'll link me in um, your show notes. Absolutely. Um, but if anyone. And when I also have a, a free downloadable um, PDF guide for 27 essential oil blends um, to support the overall health and wellness. So if you hop onto my link tree at Breathe and Blossom, um, you can download that wonderful resource and there's some, some beautiful, beautiful tips and tricks there. And it doesn't just go into diffusing. There are other ways to use essential oils in there as well. Wonderful. Yeah. And I'll make sure to, to link your link tree in the show notes as yeah. well. So, you know, definitely make sure to go connect with Becky. I think this episode was extremely, extremely valuable on this to topic of essential oils, especially if you're experiencing, you know, postpartum, perimenopause, menopause, painful periods, whatever it might be, definitely want to connect with Becky on that because essential oils, I feel like we've heard a lot about them, but we don't really know enough about them. And Becky's got the knowledge on it. So make sure to check her out. And Becky, thank you again for being here. It was such an honor. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to share it with someone you know, someone you love. Hell, maybe even share it to your Instagram story and tag me at embodied with Abby. So I can give you a huge thank you because without you sharing, we cannot grow and make this difference together. All right. I'll see you next week.